listening to On the Road with Mike and Andy, Australia's number one weekly podcast made for Aussie truckies by Aussie truckies, here to bring an independent voice to truckies right round Australia. On the Road is proudly brought to you by NTI, Australia's leading transport and logistics insurer. Visit the website at nti.com.au. And Queensland Rail, committed to improving safety through engineering, innovation and education. Go to www.qr.com.au. G'day and thanks for joining us for episode number 101 of On The Road. Following our Monster 100th celebration last week, we've got another big show for you this week with Glenda Riddell sharing her experience as a small transport business operator. Mike takes it to the streets at the Casino Truck Show. I chat with Aussie singer-songwriter Jordan Merrick and we hear his great new single. We've got all the latest from the On The Road newsroom. We let loose on the subject of truck parking in something to talk about later on. Plus, we have our own little tribute to the two unforgettable women of Australian music who we sadly lost this week. Yep, it's another biggie, so... Let's get this show on the road! Yes, get on with it! G'day, I'm Yogi from Outback Chuckers, and when I'm on the road, we're always on the road doing stuff out on the road, but when we're on the road, we're listening to the big rigs on the road. <laughs> this is Simon Smith here from the Australian Big Rig Radio Roadshow.com. Truck and radio is what we do across Australia 24 7. Loads of truck and classics every hour. If you'd like to drop us a line, love to hear from you at some stage. Our email address, bigrigradio at yahoo.com.au. Catch it down the road and take it steady out there. The Australian Big Rig Radio Roadshow.com. I often get emails and text messages and phone calls from people that listen to the show or read things that I write in big rigs, and often they have interesting points of view. Some of them say they'd like to come on the show and have a bit of a chat. Well, I wrote a piece in big rigs recently called An Unpleasant Sandwich or something like that. It was called From Memory, and a lady named Glenda Riddell sent me a message and we had a bit of a chat. And we found out we've got a lot of things in common and I asked her to come on the show because she wants to talk about what it's like going from being a single owner driver to employing a driver and putting another truck on. But we found out I used to be an operating theatre nurse and Glenda is. We had a lovely conversation about that. Glenda Riddell, welcome to On The Road Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Mate, I'm very excited to have a conversation with you. How's life in the old business? Um, it is very good. It is very busy, as you can imagine. Mm. Keeps me out of trouble. And you're an educator. I am an educator, yes. So a nurse educator. Yeah, they were pretty scary. I, I remember doing a little <laughs> bit of that at the time. And I think people think they still are scary. <laughs> <laughs> so where did you train? Uh, so I trained at the University of Southern Queensland in Toowoomba. Right. You're a Toowoomba girl or you're just... Just Brisbane-based. Yeah. And I got into university in Toowoomba, which worked out quite nicely because that's where my mum did her nursing as well. Okay. Obviously spent a bit of time running around at the Toowoomba Hospital doing your clinical placements and all that sort of thing. I sure did. I sure did. That was my first operating room placement, which was fantastic. Right. Yeah. And obviously then you've gone on and done postgraduate qualifications as well. Yeah, I sure have. Um, anesthetics recovery and uh, specialisation in operating room suite. Unreal. 
It's a lot, a lot of work. I remember dearly, I did my degree at Deakin at Warrnambool and my uh, graduate diploma at Deakin Burwood. Yeah. A lot of my clinical practice was done in Melbourne. I sort of remember it fondly. I don't miss it though now. I thought I would, but I don't miss it. I haven't practiced for quite yeah. some time now. But It's definitely an interesting area to work in, always forever changing. I like the operating theatre because my patients were asleep. <laughs> it is definitely a draw card. <laughs> <laughs> I remember when I had to do my graduate program and I, I was on a ward in a public hospital mm. and I didn't know anything. I'll never forget the first day. It was just a nightmare. Yeah. I don't know how people cope with it these days. I really don't. Oh, no, same. Yeah. Same, same. Anyway, we're here to talk about trucks, not nursing. We sure are. We sure are. Just a, just a slight change. Just a slight change. Yeah. I've made the change. You haven't. No. But you do all the books and everything for your small business, I understand. And I do. Your other half is the driver. That's correct. Can you keep them in line, can you? Absolutely. <laughs> I'm just as scary a business manager as what I am a nurse educator. Oh, look, I've got no doubt about that. I've got no doubt at all. <laughs> so, Riddell Transport, what do you do? Well, we now have um, two 14 pellet tort liners mm. that do local Brisbane, a small amount of Sunshine Coast and Gold Coast deliveries Righto. for a company. Yeah. Righto. So, You've made the change from just being a single owner driver to having a second truck and a second driver, and really this is what we wanted to talk about. Yes. There are a lot of things that I think people don't seem to understand. So you actually are set up as a company, are you? Yes. So that changes the game a lot, I suppose. I don't want to know who you subcontract to, but the actual business that you run yourself, obviously the change of nature from when you're an owner driver to you know, the way you get paid and the way you pay yourself, the work cover requirements. Yeah. It's the next level, isn't it, when you go and put someone on? It sure is. And I, I suppose we've been really blessed with the people who we've surrounded ourselves with from a support point of view. Mm. Our accountants, we have a workplace relations company that we work through for our HR. Mm. And then obviously acknowledging that my background is not transport, mm. I have been helped a lot through the advice of those people that we have close to us. Right. So why did you decide to make the change? Obviously, you did your homework before you did it. Yeah. Well, I did, we did homework from a certain point, mm. which was the experience that my husband, Ryan, had had in the business. He's been truck driving for a little while now. Mm. But in doing that homework and sort of taking that leap, we realized how much we actually didn't know mm. from a point of view of having an employee versus a subcontractor the policy procedure requirements, the HR requirements, how you pay people requirements, all of those things sort of really came into the forefront of our minds. And we were just like, this was a lot harder than what we expected it to be based on our previous experience. Yeah. I suppose there are a lot of things that are a little bit tougher when you make that first step. Mm. Obviously, your insurance issues change. Yes. And uh, you want to just speak to that for a moment? To be honest, I hadn't really even thought about it to start off with. And our accountant had said, oh, you've got your work cover insurance all in place. And I'm like, yep, absolutely. Mm. Google, jump on, <laughs> find a policy, talk to people about it making sure that we had provided the safest option for our driver there from that point of view. Mm. But yeah, just all those things that I just really had absolutely no idea about because someone else had always done it for me in my original role. So now as that manager, it was finding out all of those things that we needed to have in place. 
So what is the principal change you've found since you've employed someone? What's been the biggest challenge for you? I think the biggest challenge for us is what Ryan and I refer to as doing things properly. Mm. So actually having an employee, Mm. having to make the additions of, you know, the super, the tax, all of those sorts of things where our previous experience had been being considered as a subcontractor, Mm. whether you were considered as a subcontractor or not and then working through what the actual needs and requirements are of having an employee. Mm. So I think that was the biggest thing for us because with Ryan being an owner-driver, I just make him work as hard as he possibly can until he falls (laughs) over. But you can't can't do that to an employee. Mm. So it was really trying to balance out and especially trying to balance out between the people who we work for and still providing a service with the amount of hours that our driver can work. Yep. Because as you will well know, but not everybody in the industry knows, is when you employ an employee as a driver, they drive for 7.6 hours and then they go to time and a half and then they go to double time. So for us in trying to keep our business profitable, but also maintain safe driving hours and balance that with the company who we work for's needs to provide them with a service. It's been a big balancing act really for us. It's a little bit to achieve there, isn't there? Yes, it sure is. Right, well, we'll just nip off to a quick break. Sure. And then we come back and we'll work out how you achieve the balance. Absolutely. There's nothing more devastating for a truck operator than to be involved in a serious road incident. We've all seen the impact of heavy vehicle accidents and at these times, when people are most vulnerable, it's critical that they have immediate support from a strong, stable, reliable and experienced organisation. NTI is Australia's number one truck insurer, the specialist you can count on to protect your transport and logistics assets, with the know-how to take control of the situation and the capability to reduce lost income by getting trucks back on the road again as soon as possible. Specialist products, experienced people, accredited repair and recovery networks and industry advocacy is what we do. It's our specialty and we've been doing it for more than 45 years. For more information, visit the website at nti.com.au or go to the NTI Facebook page. Okay, we're back with Glenda Riddell and we're talking about how they made the transition from being a single owner driver to being an employer. We talked about some of the challenges with the insurances and things like that. What other challenges have you faced there, Glenda? Probably some of the other challenges that we faced is making sure that we have all of our policies and procedures in place. Mm. You can Google lots of different bits and pieces. Unfortunately, you can't Google how to set up a transport company. (laughs) So there was a lot of dry reading through heavy vehicle national law and legislation just to make sure that we had covered ourselves because obviously given my background, I'm all about, you know, doing things correctly and making sure all the policies and procedures are in place. And it was quite difficult to find all of the information that we needed, like there's no one-stop shop. Mm. So I wanted to make sure that we, from a safety perspective, were covered from our policies and procedures and making sure that everything lined up. So, you know, your mass and dimension and your loading and your safe speed and bullying and harassment policies and procedures. And I think that's really then where having outsourced some of the questions that we had to the workplace relations team was very helpful, just in regards to what we needed. 
the other thing that I hadn't really thought of was the auditing process. So mm. the vehicle safety checks and the fatigue management checks that our driver needed to do on a daily basis to make sure that all of our audit results were up to date. The inception of a incident report system and a training management system and those sorts of things. And there's a lot of really expensive, great things on the market that you can buy to do that. Mm. But obviously being a small company, it was up to me and my trusty Excel spreadsheets to come up with those things. So given my background, it was probably a lot easier for me to do than it would be for anyone else sort of starting up a business. Mm. My husband was very grateful. It was numerous hours of writing the policies and procedures but very helpful and we were applying for various tenders and those sorts of things to have those documents be available for us. So you've made the transition. How long ago did you make the change? A little bit over three months now. And how are you finding it now? It's been good. We have enjoyed having sort of like a, we'll call it a small fleet, just to talk it up a little bit there. Yep. Yeah. It's been a really proud moment, mm. but it hasn't come without its share of frustrations in just the money seeming to be constantly going out of the account. Yes. Yeah. And just making sure that, you know, we're sort of keeping the T's crossed and the I's dotted. Mm. But yeah, we, we've been lucky. We haven't had sort of any sort of major problems having an employee with us. Mm. It's just, yeah, just trying to balance all of those things and making sure we can continue into the future. Well, I always found when I made the change from one truck to two and then three and four and I finished up with five and a few yeah. subbies working for me, mm. every time you made a change, there's a certain level of trust you have to develop because you've got no fallback position. Yes. You're not in a position where if your driver's sick, you can't just ring another driver and say, can you do that for the day? Yeah. That's the tough part because you've got to then negotiate with your contractor that you're working for and... Yeah. And sometimes they're not very understanding. Have you had to deal with that issue yet? We haven't had to deal with that issue yet. Mm. Our contractor currently has provisions for leave within our own contract that we have with them, which yeah. has sort of been quite helpful for us in starting out. Mm. But even when you look at the cost of like a driver hire type scenario, by the time you add up the hourly rate of how much it costs you to run your truck mm. from the petrol, the loan repayments, the insurance, the wages, when you have to start outsourcing, it becomes unmanageable from a cost perspective to have a driver hire situation. You know, some days you're just better off not running your truck. Yeah, sure. Because of the costs incurred. Well, also you get the issue there where you get some agency driver, you've really got no control over who they are. They just send you someone. Absolutely. And I learned quickly that it was cheaper to just yeah. park the truck in the backyard rather than try and yeah. solve the problem. It saved a little bit on the damage bill sometimes and the attitude bill, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And with fuel prices being as they are currently, mm. Yeah, it has sort of been a bit of that. But even just sort of thinking in the back of your mind, like just that succession management of, you know, do you have someone sort of sitting in the wings being prepared? Mm. But then from their point of view, it's not really reasonable for them either. So no. there's always something to think about, try and prepare for the worst and hope for the best, I suppose. Yeah, it's a tough gig. I mean, mm. you just don't have the backup and that's the problem. It, no. That's the other side of it. Yeah, that's it. So obviously something attracted you about the article that I wrote, everyone needs to take a bite of the unpleasant sandwich. Yeah. 
what do you have to say about that? I mean, where do you think transport is at the moment? I mean, obviously, yeah. you're an outsider looking in, but you've got a better than average understanding of what's going on. I sort of think I was I was sort of pretty shocked at how things were sort of going. Mm. From a point of view of how we had experienced the industry previously as a subcontractor mm. and then sort of moving into that owner-driver and employing, just how sometimes difficult it is to find the information to help you along the way, mm. but then seeing how, you know, sham contracting works and or does not work, for want of a better word, mm. how it's difficult for us when we are employing somebody to even get phone calls for jobs because people hear the wage and because it's not of that sort of higher nature that you might get with the sort of sham contracting situations, mm. that they just sort of laugh it off and they don't really think about the importance of having your super and your tax paid and having all sorts of leave available to you mm. and then having a permanent job. Like that's been some of the biggest challenges for us is not necessarily starting on an even playing field mm. from a point of view of costs and those sorts of things. So it was very interesting because I love to follow a rule and it was hard for us to swallow that following the rules precisely would actually put us at a disadvantage. It's a bit of an eye-opener, isn't it? It sure is. And I sort of, Mm. my friends always say that my brain just thinks differently and even (laughs) from sort of an efficiency perspective, I'm just sometimes just completely shocked about how things work. I'm like, can't they just do this? No, it's not done like that, Glenda. I'm like, oh, you might be able to find that it could be done like that. Mm. And there's lots of different things that I've sort of found that we've been able to change, but it's definitely pushing it up a hill. (laughs) (laughs) that's a delicate way of putting it yes that's the nicest way (laughs) it is the nicest way to put it Mm. well obviously you've done your homework and you seem as though you're quite happy in the direction that you're going is there a third truck on the horizon well forever a third truck on the horizon Mm. i think probably at the moment now we'll just sort of consolidate Mm. with what we've got for a little while so this this has just been the finish of our first financial year yeah so it'd be good to just sort of take stock about how everything's come together how much things have cost us over the time because managing trucks and making sure they're all up to date from a service perspective does not come cheaply either. No. So just sort of taking stock of how everything is going and, and how we can think differently and sort of think outside the box about how we can run differently. Mm. And then hopefully, yeah, move on to a third truck. Well, I know a few people personally who started out with one yeah. and ended up with many, many, many more than one. Yeah. It is doable. It's definitely the goal for us. You just got to keep on top of it and yeah. getting the right people is the hard part yes. and then understanding the fact that the people are the company, not the trucks. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Jobs. That's it. And Ryan's worked so hard to create a really good environment and to have people trusting him. And, mm. you know, we have to make sure that our drivers then in turn reflect those same values mm. as what Ryan does for our company. Mate, it's been a great pleasure to have you on the show and to talk to you. Thank you so much. Look, thanks for contacting me and just good luck down the track. Thank you so much. It's been wonderful talking with you. You take care. You too. You can go over there, Andy. Yeah, Mike, got you go. Mate, we're coming up to that level crossing we were talking about before. Looks like we're going to be stopping. Roger that. Look at the size of that thing. They tell me they take about two k's to stop. That's like 20 times the length of the MCG. We'd want to be playing chicken with that. Yeah, copy that. They can't exactly swerve either, can they? 
stuck to the track, mate. It's not that hard to wait till it's safe to cross and make sure the road's clear on the other side. Yeah, not like that bloke last week who forgot about the length of his trailer. Yeah, I heard about that one. It's not really funny, though, when you think about it. Poor old train driver. Probably been having nightmares ever since. Yeah, I reckon. We're all in the same boat, really, mate. Everyone just wants to get home safe at the end of the day. Yeah, not wrong on that one. There goes the last carriage. Looks like we're safe to head off now. Thanks, Mike. Long way to go. After you, old mate. This is a message from Queensland Rail reminding us that it's important to stay alert and obey any signs and signals when approaching level crossings to help keep you and everyone else safe. For more information, go to www.qr.com.au. Kermy here from Trucking with Kermy. I listen to On the Road podcasts every week on the Australian Big Rigs Road Show. And when that's done, you might like to pop over to Trucking with Kermy on Facebook for my take on trucking and the people who make the industry what it is. Catch you over there, and in the meantime, take care of you. Our featured Aussie music artist this week has been compared to the great Bob Dylan. His latest single is an anti-ode to the very real struggles we've all experienced through the pandemic era. It talks about the floods, the lockdowns, the Russian invasion of Ukraine and more. With the world seemingly changing for the worst, like so many of us, he was watching on, not sure what to do, yet determined he had to do something. Sitting on his back porch in the pouring rain with pensive and yet still optimistic thoughts, his latest single, Fault, was conceived. Before we listen to his new song, let's take a minute to catch up with the man. Here he is, Mr Jordan Merrick. G'day, Jordan. Thanks for joining us on the road. Hey, thanks for having me. I was out and about in the car the other day and I caught your interview on ABC Radio Brisbane. And I can understand your disappointment when you found out Steve Austin had decided to take the day off and you had to talk with a stand-in. How rude. I know. I tell you what, my mum was the most disappointed about that. She loves that show. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't really listened to it in a long time, but she listens to it pretty well every week. So she was like, where's Steve? Exactly. (laughs) There's certain battles you want to fight. I guess that's probably not one of them. I can't be too picky, but yeah, it would have been nice to chat with Steve, but yeah, it is what it is. <laughs> I'll have a word with him later. Yeah. And I'm sure you'll be relieved to know you're expecting to talk with Andy today, and fortunately or unfortunately, that's exactly who you've got. Yeah, yeah. So there you go. <laughs> now, unlike your ABC interview, I don't expect your mum will be listening to this one, so you can cut loose, mate. Oh, excellent. That's all I ask. <laughs> <laughs> good, good. Now, just a bit of background. You had an accident and broke your neck a few years ago, keeping your house bound for quite some time as you recovered. Plus, on top of that, all the lockdowns and then the COVID stuff, as annoying as all that is, it's not such a bad thing for a songwriter, I think. You know, plenty of peace and quiet and time to reflect on, well, as Douglas Adams would say, life, the universe and everything. Yeah, no, it was um, a pretty crazy few years. I almost forget about the the next stuff after the last two years. Mm. It's a bit of a blur, but yeah, no, it was just, yeah, an un- unlucky accident. And thankfully the, the fracture wasn't, as far as neck fractures go, it wasn't too bad. So, you know, recovery took a few years to, to properly recover. Yeah. Probably recovered by the time COVID started. So I don't know if that's good timing or what, but uh, yeah, look, at least it was one less thing to really worry about. Well, gave you a couple of extra years to recuperate as well. Yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah. Yeah, look, it, yeah, as you said, it, at least the, the one good thing that comes out of stuff like that is uh, a bit of perspective and definitely lots of time to write, which I love doing. I've always loved writing. So I definitely made the most of it, that's for sure. Yeah. And which leads us to your new single, Fault, Jordan. Tell us the story behind it. Yeah, so 
I wrote it back in Feb when the floods hit Brizzy. Mm. It was just the craziest week. You think coming out of COVID and this year, full of optimism, and then Brisbane floods for the second time in 10 years. And then the same week, you know, the war in Europe kicks off and it's just like, what is going on in this world? (laughs) Yeah. Our house was thankfully not, it didn't go under or anything like that. But, Mm. you know, it was definitely threatening at a time, which is crazy considering we're on a hill. So spent a lot of time sweeping water away from the door. So yeah, sort of just coming out of all of that and just sitting on the porch, just sort of reflecting on everything and just thinking, what the hell's going on, basically? Yeah. And then trying to put that into perspective and words, and that's, yeah, how the song was born. So what the hell's going on? Have, have you come up with an answer to that question yet? Oh, look, I, I think if I did, I'd probably be rich. You could write a book or two. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. I'd be a best-selling author by now. Yeah, um, indeed. Oh, look, I think it's just the craziness that is the world we live in. And I think, you know, everything's under a microscope with the media. So everything's amplified a bit more nowadays too. Yeah. I think it's just the perfect storm of crap, really. (laughs) Yeah, indeed. There's some great lines in the song. I love that you took up smoking and your mother thought you were coping. (laughs) That works. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, (laughs) mum. I think at the time as well, that's the thing that sort of it was even more frustrating. You turn on the news to try to get a bit of, you know, with everything going on, the floods, the, the war. Mm. And at the same time, the media was still managing to slip in some election propaganda ahead of time. And you're just like, geez, just give it a break. There's more important things going on, you know? Yeah. So I had to, I had to throw in a bit of a shot. You know, yeah, why not? Cool. While I'm ranting in song, I may as well rant at everyone. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You've just played shows at the Sound Garden in Brisbane and at the Factory Theatre in Sydney, and you've got another gig coming up on the 27th of August at the Junk Bar in Brisbane. Where can people go online to find out more about you and any upcoming gigs? Yeah, I suppose anywhere where you find a musician these days. So, you know, Facebook, Instagram, I've got a website. So if you Google my name, it should come up. And then, yeah, the Junk Bars website as well. You'll find tickets there or, or through Eventbrite. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, plenty of options these days to find the information, that's for sure. Brilliant. So, barring lockdowns or any more freak accidents, what's next for you? What's coming up in 2022? Well, I'm working on a third album at the moment. So, mm. hopefully that'll be done this year at some point And then I'll be trying to release that as fast as possible for the new year. So, that's sort of the rough plans, uh, inside scoop for your podcast. <laughs> Thank you. But yeah, we'll just have to see how it all goes. I think if there's one thing the last few years have taught me, it's just to expect the unexpected and only plan a little bit ahead. Yeah. Uh, you never know what's around the corner. And just go with the flow. Absolutely. Yeah. Jordan, sadly, we're out of time, but it's been great catching up with you. Thanks for finding the time to come and play on the road with us. No worries at all. Thanks so much for having me. Mate, we're going to listen to your new single now. Would you be kind enough to introduce it for us, please? Yeah, no worries. So this one is my new single called Fault. I hope you'll enjoy it. Cheers, Jordan. Thanks, mate. My town is filled with water Batman was cancelled Putin gave his marching orders Fathers marched against him Facebook had tried to tell me Not to cross the border My 
My woman tries to tell me something I'm trying not to ignore her Just me in the garden Sky and laughter And you know feelings of sadness Are sure to follow after You can try to find me In the open halls Among the streets of Ashmore To old Black Hall I won't leave you wondering I'm only here to write songs I tried to tell the world It's not my What's the difference? Sometimes I wonder Is life really worth discovering? I binge TV and started smoking <laughs> My mother thinks I'm coping So long as Murdoch's on TV I'm better off not knowing You can try to tell me But I've heard too much You say I'm cold as ice But I'm hard to touch I won't leave you wondering I'm not in my mind is sure I tried to tell the world I tried to tell the world I tried to tell the world I really tried to tell the world It's not my fault G'day, it's Adam Harvey here, and you're listening to Mike and Andy on the road. Well, I was feeling a little bit left out. I couldn't make it up to Casino this weekend, so I thought I'd ring up my old mate, Glenn Castanelli, who's up there on the NRFA stand at the Casino Truck Show. I thought I'd ring him up and find out what's going on. Hey, Glenn, how you going? Yeah, good, thanks, Mike. Mate, what sort of a day is it up there? Is there many about? There's a heap of people here, mate. There's, I'm not sure how many trucks. Someone said 400-odd. Yep. And, yeah, there is just people everywhere. Well, you sent me that photo before of that twin cab thing next door that NTI have got sitting there. What's the story with that? Have you had a look at it? 
I've had a look at it, mate. I was only listening about it on your podcast this morning on the way here. Yeah. <laughs> Lo and behold, and it pulls up next to me. Yep. Yeah. It's a beast of a thing, isn't it? Mate, it is unreal. It's got a door handle underneath the door. Yeah. And when you open it, there's an extra step that comes out for short blokes like me. Yeah, no, she's fantastic, mate. Sounds a little bit wild. She's a pretty wild colour too, just matte black. <laughs> yeah, matte black. And, mate, I could drive one of these around as my daily drive. No yeah. worries at all. Yeah, well, Andy saw the photo and he reckons there's a couple of little red, red stripes that would match his motorbike. <laughs> uh, yeah. it, it would, mate. So what's going on there, mate? You've got the NRFA stand set there. What what else is going on there near you? Is there a bit happening there? Yeah, we've got NTI. We've, we've got Highway Advocates here. Yep. We've got THS Logmaster with a new EWD. Yep. And then right next door, we've got Tony Fulton. From, okay. Yeah, he's right next door to us. You can hear him in the background. Yeah. Yep. And Macca from Truckwiz. Yep. We've got Sullivan's Sketching Cross from us. Righto. They've been busy all day selling shirts and, you know, some sketches of trucks. They were sort of in a car park of Pets Domain in Casino. Yep. <laughs> We've got Hoover trucks around us, mate, and you get candles here and wax to wash your truck and all sorts of signs. And it's a fantastic day, mate. So have you been around a bit of a walk, ran out a look at some of the trucks? I have. There is. You know, SRV's got a fleet here. Fred's got a fleet here. Yep. Yeah, I bumped into Chris Mulmaine, an old mate of mine, and I was just talking to him. He's got his one truck here, yep. single truck owner driver. Yeah, everyone's here. <laughs> Everyone. Yeah, everyone. Yeah, Pearson's have got an old Argosy. All Argosies are old now because they don't make them anymore. But yep. And they're set up trying to pick up a few drivers, I think. Oh, right, eh? Yeah. It's a new way to recruit yep. drivers, isn't it? Yeah. This would be the perfect spot for the industry to have some sort of industry truck, mate. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's one thing uh, that's missing here is from the industry, we're the only mob here from what I yeah. can see. Uh, don't even start me on that subject, mate. <laughs> it's the wrong time of the day. That was a bit tongue in cheek, mate. <laughs> you're yanking me chain. You're just trying to get a rise out of me, Castanelli. I know what you're like. Yeah, there's a, I'm walking past some Tobins here. They've got some nice old trucks, mate. Yeah, they have, yep. And Yogi's down the other end. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't caught up with him yet, but I'm going to go and find him shortly. It's the best place for it, mate. If you go down and catch him, you'll just find yourself in trouble. <laughs> you know what he's like. We've got a couple of tubs of truckies nuts that we're giving away. Oh, no. Yeah, I was going to take a tub down there for Yogi to give away for me because he'll probably get rid of them pretty quick, I reckon. Yeah. <laughs> no, he, he'll sell them to someone. That's what he'd do with them. He will. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I just thought I'd touch base and see how you were going, see how you are enjoying the show and, you know, see what the weather was like and find out what I was missing out on. I've definitely come again and, yeah, this is probably the biggest truck show for a few years. Yeah, it's been a couple of years since Casino's been on. It is yeah. one of those shows that you do need to go to, I think. Yeah, mate. They've closed off all the main streets mm. and there's just trucks everywhere. Yeah. You know, trucks and stalls and everything to do with trucks. Yep. Sounds good. Yep. All right, man. Will you enjoy it and uh, say good day to the people on the stand there for me? And I'm sure Craig and Colette and everyone are there. So, yep, they are, mate. Say good day for me and uh, we'll catch up with you down the track. No worries, Mike. Thanks for the call, mate. Good on you, mate. Take care. G'day, Macker. It's Mick from On the Road. How you going, mate? I'm going good, mate. How are you going? Well, all right. I'll tell you what. Did you get lost going to casino, did you, mate? Ah, uh, no. No, I didn't. Because <laughs> I heard Tones got lost the other day. Yes, yes. For someone that's got his own app, yes, he gets lost quite frequently at the moment. I thought it was wildly amusing that he got lost. 
<laughs> oh, I didn't even know until he messaged me the next day and, and we we're going through some um, routes on the app and he goes, I knew I should have used truckers. <laughs> there you go. No, you're up there at Casino, mate, at the truck show and you'd be there telling everyone about the awesome Truck Whiz app. And I just thought I'd catch up with you. I've been catching up with a few people that I know that were up there because I didn't get a chance to get up. So I thought I'd give you a ring, mate, and see how it was all going, see what you think of the show, what you think of the turnout. It's been a couple of years since we had a show at Casino, so what's going on up there, mate? Mate, to, to be honest, Mike, this is the first time I've actually been to the Casino Truck Show, and it's it's amazing. Like, the, the turnout, yeah. it's unbelievable. The last count was there's over 400 trucks here. Yeah. No, it's definitely a show that you want to go to. Yeah. That's awesome. So plenty of trucks around, plenty of kids around, plenty of atmosphere. What's the weather like, mate? Oh, look, we got lucky. The rain sort of disappeared first thing this morning. It's been overcast, but there's been no rain. Yep. Um, That's a good turnout. Lots for the kids to do. Heaps of families here. Yeah. It's great. So, TruckWiz, mate, how's that all going? You were telling me there the other day that you've uh, got the B-double thing just about sorted out. Yes, we're not far off perfecting the B-doubles. That's going good. We've had a few come up today and sort of express how they're happy with that. So that's sort of always a bonus for us. Yeah. No, it's, it's coming along quite nicely, actually. The routing's coming along nice. And we've, we've still got another couple of builds coming out soon, which is even going to be better for everyone. So Yeah, right. It's, it's going well. All right. Well, no worries. So I expect that Tony's busy sort of being Tony, so I'll leave him to it. And uh, say good day to him for me and hope you're having a good time up there, mate. No, we'll do, and I appreciate the call. All right, mate, take care and just don't get lost. Make sure you use the app, all right? <laughs> Give Tony a clip up the ear and tell him to use the app as well. Yeah, that's that. No, we'll do. Awesome, no, no worries. Appreciate that, Mike. Good on you, bud. Take care, mate. Thanks, mate. Hey, it's Blake Dandia here, and you're listening to On the Road with Mike and Andy. For all the latest industry news, go to www.bigrigs.com.au. Hey, Mike, how's the road treating you? Well, pretty good, mate. I've been just swooping up and down 31 this week, minding my own business and trying to stay out of trouble. Geez, there's a country song in that, I reckon. Sweeping up and down 31, staying out of trouble. (laughs) Might have to write one. I reckon you could. Yeah. I reckon you should. I think we should do it and then perform it as a duet on here. I think Travis Sinclair's already done it, though, I think, that one. Has he? Bastard. I think so, yeah. There you go. Well, mate, as you know, we've been doing some renovations around the house. Yep. And the bride went out the other day to buy the stuff we needed for the bathroom renos. Yep. Amongst all she uh, came home with was this really fancy-looking toilet brush. Right. So I decided to christen it this morning, and I tell you what, I'm not at all impressed with the thing. (laughs) Righto. I'm going back to using toilet paper. Which is a delightful segue into our first and our second news stories. We've got a lot of toilet humour going on this week. There is. Yeah, it's a good thing. (laughs) Our mate Wes Walker, the tireless truckies rights campaigner at the Gatton Pad, is a wonderful surprise this week when he arrived to find two anonymously donated portaloos had been delivered to the site. Yes. But there's a whole lot more to this story than first met the eye. Mm. Mm. There is, mate. There is, look. We're just going to roll all this into one, aren't we? I think we might have to, because what was it, two single stories has now turned into three that are all tied together. That's right. It was going to be the, the number two story. <laughs> <laughs> Pun intended. Oh, yeah. Oh, mate. Yeah. This has been more fun than the barrel of monkeys, this has. Yeah. And we've seen more political backflips on this than you can poke a stick at. Yeah. Well, feel free to roll into it at your convenience. Oh, well, look, I will roll into it at my convenience. <laughs> 
Oh, Jesus. Well, give us a recap, mate, of, of what you know of it so far. Well, we had the toilets in. Yep. And Wes was happy. Yep. Two donated portaloos, and no one knew from whom. Well, this is the thing. No one knows, mm. right? It's a, it's a mystery. Mm. It's like, who shot JFK, mate? Was it the bloke on the grassy knoll? We don't know. Or J.R. Ewing. Well, the, maybe. So the toilets appeared courtesy of someone. We don't know who. Mm. And then the TMR had a bit of a hissy fit about that, and they said, take the bastards away, because if you don't, we'll fine you $58,000. Yeah, yeah. And so the toilets were unceremoniously removed. Stuck in a ute, and off they went. They were indeed. And then, of course, there was a great hue and cry. The souls of truck drivers did, for some reason or another, coalesce into a power greater known than man and prayer and mortal gods and all that sort of thing. Mm. Phone calls to the minister. Mm-hmm. The minister's phone number appeared on Facebook. I don't know how that happened. Mm-hmm. And I tried to ring the minister's office to get comment from them yesterday and twice today, and I think it's Eka Day up there today. It is, yep, yep. So now you know how early we caught the news, everyone. <laughs> but, but, you know, obviously no one's going to be around to comment to a trucking podcast on Eka Day. God. Not with all that fairy floss around and Dagwood dogs. and No, nah, not with all the fairy floss and the Dagwood dogs. But anyway, so the short story of it is, and it's getting longer, I'm sorry, but the short story is <laughs> that <laughs> someone rang Glenn Stirl, <laughs> the Minister for Toilets and Potholes and Busted <laughs> Buddy Roadhouse and things. Yep. He come riding in on his bloody great white steed with his lance and helm and everything ablaze. Mm. And summoned the minister from Queensland mm. for the transport department minister, whose name escapes me at the moment, and basically said, hey, mate, we need to consider the drivers using the facility. And lo and behold, through the wave of the magic wand of the minister, the toilets have reappeared at Gatton, and we're going to be looking for a permanent solution to the problem. Absolutely. Well, now you mentioned about the permanent solution and phone calls going backwards and forwards and whatever, I took an opportunity to have a chat with our mate Wes today. Oh, And he was, as we spoke, welcoming in the two new toilets on the back of a truck. So part three of the saga. So let's grab a minute and have a listen to what Wes had to say. Mate, it's been a week of mixed emotions for you out at the Gatton Pad. Mate, I'm going to tell you what's happening right now. Yeah. As we speak, a truck is coming in here with two brand new portaloos. What? Yes, as we speak. Okay, because we had the situation where you had earlier in the week, you had a couple arrive. Yeah. And then a couple of days later, the ute came in, took them away again because Department of Main Roads and Transport said they were going to start handing out big fines. What on earth is going on out there, mate? Some good citizen thought it was a good idea to put them here. Yep. And bless their hearts for that, and I'm not a religious person, as you know. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I knew right from the start, because Lockyer Waste did offer me toilets free of charge right from the start. Mm. And I, I do know a little bit about law. Yep. And I said, John, we cannot do that, or hell will break loose. Mm. But bless that person, I don't know who it is. I'd like to shake their hand, because it certainly wound things up faster. That's for sure. I was devastated. I was I was nearly in tears. A grown man. Mm. Watch these female truckers saying, where's thank you, thank you. Yeah. It's just natural that it should have happened. Yeah. Now, I then rang up Work Safety Queensland, the old Work Health and Safety. Yep. I said, I approached you some 18 months ago about all this. Is mm. sided with another government department under Clause 3-3 in your legislation. There should be toilets in. Mm. I said, now, here's the catcher. She said, what? I said, I'm taking this to court personally. 
I don't need your lawyers and solicitors and briefcases. Okay. And she said, what? I said, I'm taking this to court. Right. You can spire them with another government department illegally. Mm. Oh, oh. She read strong. She said, well, yes, you are right. There should be toilets there. Yep. I said, now, I'll tell you another thing here. I said, you're not going to take weeks to do this. You've had 18 months. Mm. Oh, well, Wesley, it'll be a week, a week and a half. I said, no, it won't be. Let me tell you, it will not be. Because I'll go into the courts now and fill the paper all the way out to see you in court. Yeah, righto. So long story short, you had two loos come in. A couple of days later, two loos went out. Yep. And now you're saying you just had another two arrive. Yeah, so I'm going to catch this bloke because I don't want him to put them in the wrong places. No, fair enough. So quickly, what's the story? How did that happen? Mark Bailey's office, I'm led to believe. Yep. Some other good people have finally come on board with me. Yep. Uh, National Heavy Vehicles Transport. My lovely girl that drives the big Peterville, mm. she got on to Fair Rights Commission. Yep. And they said they had a case. They were going to inspect what was going on. Well, there you go. So they're there now and they're going to stay. Well, it's not over until the fat lady sings. Yeah, well, that's true. I have getting a quote as we speak on a proper demountable with self-contained still. Right. Two towels, two toilets and a urine to put in the cost of servicing every single day. Yep. And that will go in the centre here right beside the big power box. Yep. So they can hook lights up to it. So it's a lot more comfortable, you know, in summertime and so forth. Absolutely. Brilliant stuff, mate. Well, you better go and talk to your man, get him put in the right spot. Been a big battle, brother, and I think anyone that's been along on the ride too. Yeah, so we've had good news and then bad news and good news again. Mate, it's an absolute emotional roller coaster for you, isn't it? Oh, mate, as I say, a grown man nearly in tears. Yeah. And I don't mind admitting that. Well, good on you again, mate, for all that you do out there and for what you've continued to do and that fight that's actually making it happen yet again. If you remember, I said I wasn't going to give up on these good truckers, mate, and I'm not. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, mate, keep us posted. Okay, thank you very much. Good on you, Wes. Talk to you soon, mate. Bye-bye. There you go. So right. he talks all about that and what's in and what he did and who he threatened to take to court and <laughs> every, <laughs> everything else. He was on a roll, so to speak. He's a scary man, Wes, when he gets wound up, you know? Yeah, yeah. So the short story now is, of course, and I say the short story, it's not a short story at all. It's going to be, this is going to be an epic, this one. <laughs> the thing is that they're now going to be looking for a permanent solution. Hmm. Everyone seems to realise now that these pads have taken on a life of their own and they're more than just a breakdown facility. Yeah. And drivers do need to have somewhere to relieve themselves when they get out. And as uh, has been pointed out to many of these office people by listeners that I've spoken to who have managed to register their protest with the minister's office, hmm. I'm sure you've got a toilet within a short walk of your office, sir. Hmm. It's undeniable that that's true. So I think we've had a great win here. It's a remarkable demonstration of what can happen when things coalesce. But what can you say? Hats off to Wes for keeping up the fight for as long as he has. Yep. But don't think it's over, because what we've got there now is two portaloos. What we need is a permanent solution, and the fight's not over until that happens. Yeah. Well, as Wes was saying there before, yep. he's got some quotes and things happening on the more permanent stuff, and he's onto that. But we'll see how we go. It's taken so many twists and turns. Yep. You could write the killer soap of the century on this one. and That's right. No one would believe it would be too far-fetched. Well, it's as believable as number 96, mate. <laughs> here you go. Moving on, mate. 
Nat Road has pleaded with a national meeting of Australian transport ministers to restart the HVNL reform process, which seems to have stalled by kicking off a series of relatively quick and practical actions. Yeah. And they're all relying on this mythical Konofsky report, right? Mm -hmm. This is the report that no one can see yet. Right. I've gone for a look for this thing. It's probably tucked in a drawer in the simulator somewhere in South Australia. Oh, I've got news on the simulator, mate. That's the end, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've got news. Okay. But anyway, let's just leave that for a moment. Let's just stay on point here. Okay. The Konofsky report hasn't been released to the general public yet. It seems certain CEOs of various trucking bodies have seen it, and they all think that it's fantastic, and I haven't actually been able to find a copy of it yet. Hmm. I've been assured when one does surface, I will be told where to look for it. I spent a considerable amount of time trying to find it, thinking I was looking in the wrong places, but I'm not. Mm. So uh, old mate Warren Clark has been bouncing up and down about this thing and saying that we need to get off our ass and go and do a few things. I agree with Warren. We do need to get off our ass and do a few things. The transport minister's meeting in Melbourne on Friday was an important step, and obviously it'd be nice if we could get all these people singing out of the same hymn book. Don't hold your breath waiting for that to happen. Yeah. But the Australia Logistics Council, the ATA, the National Transport Commission and all that sort of thing are all working on this. Don't expect that any of these people have got any interest at heart other than their own and that of their constituents. Mm. The NTC have been glacial on anything that they've done. Yep. The HBNL review and its bastardry is a direct result of NTC inaction. Mm. Let's not make many secret about that. The fact is, people like I have and other people have blamed the NHBR for some of the rubbish that they've come out with, but they've got no power over what happens and the NTC hold the whip hand and they don't do anything. So now the Konoski review, the review of the review of the review that no one can see yet but everyone reckons is so fantastic is apparently what everyone's going to hang their hat on. I'd like to wait and see what happens. There needs to be some serious changes. We need to get serious and do some things. Yep. And I am hoping that when I speak to Carol Brown in a couple of weeks' time, she's going to have some answers for us on what the minister is going to do and what the department's position is about certain ways forward. There does need to be some change. We've made some critical decisions, I suppose. Hopefully now that the government's decided that it's time to sit and everyone's got their legs under the table and worked out what's going on, hopefully we're going to see some process hopefully a little bit more than the glacial pace we've seen from the NTC for the last decade. No, you can live in hope, mate. I need a Bex and a lie down there, mate. <laughs> Still on the subject of Nat Road, they've praised a New South Wales Parliamentary Committee report that recommends immediate toll relief for road freight operators. Yeah, they're very good at this sort of stuff. Mm. Once again, Warren is you know, he's happy to hear committees echo the association's call for extending the current toll relief schemes. Mm. What are they, Warren? What toll relief schemes are they, mate? Is that the 750 bucks a year for blokes that are paying more than that a day, some companies? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Give me a break. Hard not to be cynical, isn't it? Well, you know, what can I say, mate? You know my feeling on tolls. I do. And you know my feeling on making trucks use toll roads. I know that too. Look, I'm happy for trucks to use toll roads. Mm. Keep roads clear. I don't. I hate Pennandil's Road. Always have. Mm. And believe me, I love driving through the tollway. I love driving through that North Next Tunnel. It's brilliant. Mm. I don't have to fight with the traffic on Pennandil's Road. It takes you know ten minutes, whereas it used to take up to forty-five minutes to go up Pennandil's Road. Big difference. Yep. Absolutely love it. Why should the boss pay twenty-five bucks for it though? Mm. You know, we pay registration, we pay fuel excise, we pay taxes. 
why should we pay Transurban a fee to use a, a piece of infrastructure that should have been paid for by the government? That we've already paid for. Yeah. Yeah, for the benefit of the people. Mm. We've got all these things on the M5 and all that sort of stuff. You can get a rebate on the M5. But John, I know for the people that are outside of Sydney, I'm talking about Sydney roads here, so the M5, M7, Ring Road, M2, the North Connect Tunnel, all these things are all joined together. But tolls and transurban in Sydney are synonymous. They must be making an absolute mozza out of it. Mm. They must be. And I just cannot for the life of me understand. You want trucks to use toll roads? The drivers are more than happy to do it. But if it's about road safety, if they say it's about road safety, make it about road safety. Give the truckies an incentive to use the damn things. Make it affordable. And so say all of us. Thank you. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, what I'm going to do now, mate, is I'm going to take my blood pressure medication before we go any further. Okay. (laughs) Getting back to the SATA simulator. Yeah, oh, yes, yes. It's it's made an appearance, mate. Mm. They've wheeled it out, dusted it off, and it's been out at the Cleve Field Days out at Cleve, South Australia. Oh, good. So it was out there, and there's been a little bit of video on the SATA Facebook page of some kids having a go at it. Not being used to train people how to go down the hill, as was its stated intention. Mm. And look, I'm not having a go at SATA for this by any stretch of the imagination. But I mean, let's use the thing for what they said they were going to use it for, right? Yep. If they're going to use it for training, if they want people to drive down the bloody hill into Adelaide safely, why not park the bloody thing out at Tail and Bend with a dirty great big neon sign that says, have you driven down the hill before? If you haven't, would you like to do it in the simulator first? Mm. Now, one of our listeners pointed out to me that there is actually a page where you can go and book this bloody simulator and have a turn and spend like 80 bucks or something. Mm to go and have a turn. Why would I spend 80 bucks or whatever it is? Don't quote me on the price, but it's something around there. Why would I go and spend that money to sit in a simulator to go down a hill? Why would I do that? Can't answer that. I'll tell you what I would do, though. Hmm. I would go and sit in the thing and have a go at it if they could show me something that was worthwhile to me because I, I can't see. If, you, if, if you're driving a B-double, if you can't take it down the hill in Adelaide, then as far as I'm concerned, you shouldn't be driving a bloody B-double. Simple as that. Yep. Because going down the hill into Adelaide, there are plenty of other places in Australia. There's the Moombies, there's Mount Oosley, there's Mount Victoria. There's plenty of places in Australia that are just as dangerous as going down the hill, and the bloody elf ramps are a lot worse and a lot less safe, believe me. I've written on them. Yeah. So, you know, if that were serious, make it about education. Take it out to Tail and Bend. And give drivers a go at it. Yep. Use the damn thing, but it's, uh, well, I think it was funded with public money, wasn't it? I think so. A lot of it was, I think. Yeah. Anyway, Steve Shearer, if you're having a listen, mate, you know me phone number. I'll help you with a plan on how to make it available to people. Yeah. Wouldn't it be nice to see something beneficial happen with it before it ends up as a ride at Luna Park or something? Well, you might be already a ride in someone's garage somewhere, I think. Indeed. Well, mate, because we've been on a roll with our toilet theme this week, mm. I thought I'd share a delightful quote from Andy Rooney as our thought for the week when he said, I've learned that life is like a roll of toilet paper. Mm. The closer it gets to the end, the faster it goes. <laughs> These things are true, mate. Yeah. It is true. Anyway, I'm off to the doctors. The wife told me I'm looking a little flushed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Get off me phone. See ya. <laughs> See ya.
On the Road News is brought to you by Big Rigs, Australia's national road transport newspaper. Line number one, you're supposed to have it all together. When they ask how you're doing, just smile and tell them, never better. We just wanted to stop by for a moment and say, g'day, how are you? No, I mean, how are you, really? Physical and mental health is a significant issue for the Australian road transport and logistics industries. Risk factors like long hours, workplace isolation, pressure to meet deadline deliveries and the need for continual alertness all contribute to making us vulnerable to physical and mental health issues. As much as it might feel that way sometimes, you are not alone. There are some incredible people and organisations in our industry whose sole focus is on helping you to stay healthy in body, mind and spirit. All these numbers and addresses are listed on our website at ontheroadpodcast.com.au. Take care of yourselves. We really just want to see everyone get home safe and well. G'day everyone, this is Gordon, your favorite Canadian refugee trucker living in America, where, whilst hauling logs around the far northern reaches of Appalachia, I enjoy the On the Road podcast with Mike and Andy, keep it up with the news and history and everything that's good about trucking and the land down under. What a great show, thanks a bunch. Righto, something to talk about, something to think about. Yes. Mate, during the week, one of our listeners, bloke named Kieran, rang me up and he was telling me about the parking situation down at the Port of Botany. Mm-hmm. There's been some changes down there lately with no stopping zones and no parking zones and the security guards running down there thinking they're members of the New South Wales Highway Patrol, mm. basically waking drivers up and moving them on when they're pulled up. If you're in a dangerous goods truck, as I drive, or a fuel tanker or something like that, people probably don't understand or don't realise, but the majority of chemicals that come into New South Wales through the port system come into Sydney. Yep. And there are a couple of big fuel terminals down there where things come in. The trucks go down there to load and cart the fuel out to the service stations. And a lot of the chemicals that go to mines and things like that come out of those places down there. In fact, I'll be down there in the morning loading at one of them. Mm. It seems that there's some sort of an issue with trucks resting down there. Now, you can't take a truck with DG placards on it into the marshalling area and wait there. Okay. So you can't park anywhere along Foreshore Drive. You can't park on Friendship Road. You can't park anywhere around there, but you can park on Military Road, which is a busy little thoroughfare. But you'd be fooling yourself if you thought you were going to get to sleep there. You just won't. Mm. All this little bit of bastardry is all thanks to uh, the Botany Ports. It seems to me that they've got this idea now that if they push drivers and their fatigue away, they're no longer responsible. I want to have a chat with NHBR so maybe the NHBR can go and remind these clowns that we're mandated to have breast breaks. Yep. There's nowhere to park. Nowhere to park. You can't get anywhere within cooey of the joint to park. And if you're a long-distance driver... You've got to stop somewhere outside of town. Now, of course, as soon as you do that, you expose yourself to the traffic situations that can happen on the motorways. You can increase the congestion on the motorways going in towards the airport and 
It increases the frustration. It increases, increases the time. It increases the pollution. None of this stuff that they all talk about that they want to get rid of is mitigated in any way by what they've done. And the worst part about it is it's the drivers yet again, the low-hanging fruit, that have to somehow or another solve this buddy Rubik's Cube of problems we've been given to meet the freight task. So in a perfect world, Mike, yep. what's the answer? Well, in a perfect world, there'd be a dirty, great, big, bloody roadhouse rest area down there with areas for drivers to sleep and toilets and facilities and, God forbid, a hot food van or something hmm. and a safe place to park. Maybe we, we might have to get Wes down there. We might have to get Wes down there. Yeah. I rang up Simon O'Hara, our mate Simon, hmm. and apprised him of the problem. You know, he's fully aware that the problem exists. It's a live problem. Yep. It's something that's really starting to elevate in the minds of drivers that are going down there now. The greatest fear that I've got is that you're going to end up with some driver down there who may be through fatigue and just a serious lack of sense of humour is going to have a confrontation with one of these security guards mm. and it's going to be a problem and the driver won't win. You know, it'll be he's got a bad attitude, he won't win. The worst part about this is nothing worse than a security guard with a horse to ride. Yeah. They're little hitless. I hate to use the expression, but that's exactly what they are. They're little authoritarian figures, and they'll stand there and they'll puff their chest out and they'll say, you need to do this. And a lot of the truck drivers I know, particularly long-distance truck drivers, are individuals. And they'll basically say, well, no, I don't. And the next thing you know, the confrontation just goes south from there. I worry that this is going to happen. Yep. And Kieran, the guy that rang me out to talk about this issue with me, he's worried that it's going to happen as well. I'm sure you've seen any guys that are more than happy to fight a fight if they think they're right. Mm. Seen a few that are happy to fight a fight even if they don't think they're right. Yeah, well, there's that too. Yeah. It never ends well. It never ends well. So... I did propose a solution to the problem. There's an old site there where the mobile depot used to be. Kieran pointed that out to me, and I put that up there, but that, apparently that site's been sold to a developer, so that's not even available as a temporary solution. Mm. So I suppose if any of our listeners know of anywhere there that would be a suitable parking area, I mean, I don't think that it'd be too terribly complicated to get a maybe a, you know, a security guard <laughs> and a little ATCO hut. Mm. Because the big issue that we've got all over metropolitan parking, all around every capital city in Australia, you know, we've had the cost of things going up, the cost of rent a bloody bit of land's gone up, the fuel's gone up, the rates have gone up, all the costs are going up, up, up. Mm. Companies don't want to rent yards anymore. You've only got to drive around, I know Sydney well, so I'm just going to use Sydney as an example, but anywhere around Newtown, anywhere over at Glen Denning, around, the, around where the steel mill is over there, mm. around Eastern Creek. You know, you can't park for local trucks parked on the side of the road. You cannot even get a park at the big BP roadhouse over at Eastern Creek. If you're not there by tea time, you're not getting a spot. And these individuals that have local trucks are not beyond parking their cars in a truck spot uh, to save themselves a spot for later. And why don't they open the gates on the Eastern Creek Raceway and let you park on there? Good God. Can we? Could we do that? Oh, that'd work. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. You'd have to have a portal at handy. <laughs> Where's? Yeah. Where's? <laughs> but, mate, I mean, this is something that we've really got to talk about. So if there's anyone out there that's got any sort of an idea of what we can do to make things better, I mean, mm. and the big problem is that before anyone says, why can't you park in the marshalling area at Port? You can't park in a DG tank because you've got big signs that says no DGs, and the little security guards are quite happy to enforce that. And I know for a fact the ports have told them to do it. Yep. We need an answer. And I'm afraid I don't have one. Common sense seems to have gone out the window. Let's talk about it. 
Let's talk about it. As you know, here at On The Road, we love Australian music, and this week, to take us out from the show, we wanted to present our own little tribute to perhaps the two greatest Aussie female singers of all time, who so sadly passed away just a day apart this week. Now, regardless of your musical tastes, you can't argue with the fact that Olivia Newton-John and Judith Durham both possessed the most beautiful, pure voices, and beyond their incredible gifts as singers, both were the most sincere, unpretentious and down-to-earth people our music industry has known. With two of their biggest hits, here's the late, great Olivia Newton-John with Let Me Be There and Judith Durham with The Carnival Is Over. Rest in peace, Judith and Olivia. You will be missed.
dawn is waking and my tears are falling rain for the carnival is over we may never meet again like a drum my heart was beating and your kiss was sweet as wine but the joys of love are fleeting for Piro and Columbine now the harbor light is calling this will be That's the show for another week. Thanks for coming along for the ride. On the Road is proudly brought to you by NTI, Australia's leading transport and logistics insurer. Visit the website at nti.com.au. And Queensland Rail, committed to improving safety through engineering, innovation and education. For more information, go to www.qr.com.au. Be sure to join us again next week when Mike says... Are you right with this, are you? Andy says... Little bits just keep trickling in. And our guest says... That's fantastic. Until then, play nice with each other and most of all, stay safe out there. Bye for now. Bye-bye. The team here at On The Road believe in the right to free speech and whilst we might not always be in agreement with the views of our guests and contributors, we support their right to hold and express those opinions. 